and it's, it's almost like a reunion, right? Like I feel that way whenever I go to content marketing world. It's like a big reunion with the people I see there every year. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tiny Marketing. I am Sarah Noel Block, and today we are digging into part two of creating community around your events with Joel and Misha. And we're digging into the middle part, the how to build community during the event. This is where the friendships happen. This is where you have an opportunity to build a relationship with people that you can take through to, you know, new business inquiries, to new partnerships. There's so many opportunities when it comes to that community piece during the event. So we're going to dig into exactly how to get more engagement during your events. Enjoy! Let's dig into the middle part, the community during the event. How do we get more engagement and help people build relationships with each other during either an in-person or virtual event? I will speak from the in-person event perspective just because I happen to be on an event team. We do work on a larger event conference. So some of this might not translate to some of the smaller events, um, but you can certainly take your own spin on it. But one thing that we do support is at our event, um, our event, also I know Inbound does it, Content Marketing Institute does it, two of my favorite events. They have dedicated spaces for their communities at the event. So they have, you know, whether it's a dedicated physical space, they might have dedicated events outside of the primary event, you know, little happy hours, a dinner, that kind of thing. But just creating space and having a, a presence there just for the community members. I think it's great to be able to bring people together at your event kind of it's almost like a reunion right like I feel that way whenever I go to content marketing world it's like a big reunion with the people I see there every year um but it also again kind of creates that that awareness and can help you grow your community and let people know like oh if I come to inbound every year or you know whatever event it is like I'll have this whole community that I can then reunite with every year and and kind of keep in touch with throughout the year um, so those are some examples of just, again, kind of bigger scale thinking. Um, you could certainly replicate that, I think, if you do have smaller in-person events. Again, creating that sense of community and giving folks kind of a reason to engage throughout the year. Yeah. Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs and B2B marketers. Before we dive back into the conversation, let me introduce you to a game changer in the lead generation arena, Lead Feeder. Now, we all know the struggle of identifying those elusive website visitors and turning them into valuable leads. But what if I told you there's a tool that not only promises, but delivers on supercharging your lead generation and sales efforts? Enter Lead Feeder. Imagine having the power to identify companies visiting your website, track their behavior in real time, and seamlessly integrate it all with your CRM. Lead Feeder is not just a tool, it's your secret weapon for efficient and targeted lead engagement. What sets Lead Feeder apart? It's the ability to provide detailed insights into visitor behavior, helping your sales team prioritize efforts and close deals faster. With customizable notifications, lead scoring, and GDPR compliance, Lead Feeder is changing the game. Ready to revolutionize your approach to leads and deals? Head over to leadfeeder.com for your free demo today. That's L E A D F 
E-E-D-E-R.com. Don't miss out on the future of successful lead generation with Lead Feeder. Side note, I also go to Content Marketing World, so we'll have to meet up. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll see. They moved it to the West Coast. I'm like, that's really far. Oh, they did? Wait, where are they going to have it next year? In San Diego next year. Ooh. I didn't know that. I know yeah. they just moved it to D.C. I thought they were keeping it I there. Know. I think there were reasons why they moved it, which I understand. But I think from what I've heard, they're trying to do, they're going to oscillate now. West Coast one year, East Coast one year. Um, so we'll see. But I'm like, I was very excited for the move to D.C. Because I'm like, oh, I could take the train from Boston. But now I'm DC like, oh, it's so cute. But I mean, San yeah. Diego's warm, so. It is warm. And they moved it to now. It's the end of October, I think. So the timing's a little different, too. I mean, that's a good time to be in San Diego. Yeah. Well, maybe, me. maybe I will see you in San Diego later this year. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Joel? Uh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> it was all about how to create community <laughs> during the event. <laughs> it was uh, probably about a cloud. <laughs> uh, no. Or star or moon. Oh. Um, uh, Dreamforce. I guess kind of clouds. Okay, I'm done. Cloud and stream. Dreamforce also does that too. Um, and I would say like in terms of during it, something that I'm a big fan of, which I love in kind of like B2C spaces, and I'm waiting for more B2B to catch up to this, especially like doing and creating spaces or doing like things that are super like shareable. Like, do you have like a step and repeat where it's a really cool thing? Like, there is this happy hour from Inbound like a few years ago, I swear. They had like a bunch of partners. They bought out this entire brewery. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I was there. Yes. And my entire LinkedIn feed like that night and the next day was just pictures on pictures on pictures on pictures sitting in front of the same step and repeat. And one day, like one of them, I got so, okay, I'm like, who was on this like sponsor i actually zoomed in and read every single logo um, <laughs> because i was just so curious of seeing it that many times like do something like that or like have a really cool like selfie station or like one of those things where you like put your heads in like the things and like yeah i don't know i'm just saying like like do things that are also like shareable because then like it extends the life outside of just even your community, but more like broadly. Like it's great content for your company to engage with. It's great content that assuming you get permission, you can use as like social proof for like next year um, on the landing page for the event. You can do it for a billion and one number of things. But that would be like my big plug is like, do things to also extend it and take it out of just like the physical, especially or digital too, um, and into like other channels. I think yeah, that's I like- actually a really good example, Joel, because that specific event, it was, I'm just gonna say like six to eight yeah. B2B tech companies that clearly yes. had overlap in the persona. So it's a good reminder that even if you know, you might be a one-person marketing team, you might be a startup, you might be just exploring the power of events and community. You don't have to do it alone. You can partner with other folks, whether that's formal partners through integrations or just kind of your friendlies that it's like, oh, we don't really compete, but we overlap, you know, some in who we're going after. 
host events together, you know, bring your mm-hmm. community together in a, in a friendly way. And it's kind of a great way for you to, you know, dip your toes into those community and event waters without having to take on the full investment yourself. I will say that to me, that was like an A plus example of companies kind of coming together. And I had a blast. I feel like I met a lot of people. Um, and I would definitely like it left a very positive experience, you know, for all of those companies for me. Yeah. On that, my like one asterisk with that would then just be figure out like who or how the post like post event experience is going to be owned by. Like, is it if you each have your own RCP page, you each like handle it appropriately for your own like RCPs or like some other way, just because like the one thing I wouldn't want to have happen if I were working on an event like that is like another company that I as an attendee didn't sign up with or like because of but they got my information or they like acted in like a really like negative way and so then it impacts all of the brands like reputations who were involved with the event so like that would be my like one really big asterisk next to that is figure out that upfront, mm-hmm. not after, because either then you're going to be delaying the like follow up, which then isn't really timely or potentially relevant to. And we both know how I feel about that, um, especially by now, or it's going to be like chaotic. Neither of which of those options are good, by the way. Oh, yeah, definitely some logistics to figure out for sure. Yeah. And, and creating that great experience for folks, not only at the event, but also post event as well. Before we get into post event, I want to just touch on some elements that you could bring into virtual events. Mm-hmm. So it could be like Content Marketing World, for example, had an app where you could build community in there. You can direct message people. We created like a a solo solo travelers group on there where anybody who went to the event alone can meet up. Um, What are some other ways that you encouraging conversation during that digital event and making manufacturing the conversations and little pools within your chat? Do you guys have anything that I haven't thought of for building community on a virtual platform? Uh, At least this is kind of a different take on that. Um, I was going to an in-person event in the fall of last year and not through their app or anything like that they, the company that was hosting it specifically owned, but in a different community that was for the same like persona, we actually had a dedicated private space for folks in that community to chat about it. Mm. Um, And I guess The reminder is like, to me, it's not, it wasn't top of mind or something that I wanted to do in their formal space. Um, I also don't really know too many people in their space or like community, but I definitely did in this other community. So I went to like where automatically I felt comfortable and confident to have that kind of conversation to build it. So I chose to build it like where I want to build it. So I guess the end all be all of this is You can do all you want equally. People are going to go where they want to go, not always to where you like want them to go. And you just sometimes have to be okay with that. That also just made me think of like kind of community jacking where 
you could be your own brand and going to an event, but you can create a community around it in order to uh, gain some of that audience for yourself. Like if they're missing the mark and they didn't create a community around it, you can do that. I mean, they have, at least that specific one, they have a community space. Um, It's just not one that I've gained exceptional value from, I would say. And as we all know by now, I need that in my life for me to (laughs) come back to a space. So with that, I just kind of did his instinct set and went bye, bye, bye. And went to a place where I was happier. So, yeah. Makes sense. Is there yeah, any- I, think, I think for digital, I know I also, one of my prior roles was at a digital event platform. So I would be remiss if we didn't, you know, list some of the, again, like very low effort, high impact ways you can promote your community, engage your community. A lot of these might be kind of obvious, but I've seen events where they kind of position it as sponsored by the community, which it's not like there's probably dollars being exchanged internally, but it might be, you know, this event by our community just to kind of position it as a thought leadership event. And you're putting the community front and center. That could be one way to attract folks to come and again, kind of elevate the community. There's so many features within these platforms now where you can add in different CTAs or change backgrounds or add in you know, pre-event slides or sizzle reels. So there's just a lot of like small branding and marketing opportunities, I think, to really highlight and remind folks about your community. And then I think one of like the sneaky ways that, and this is something that I think a lot of people just turn off because they don't want people to get distracted. But I personally love events, um, digital events specifically, that have the ability to connect and chat with other attendees one-on-one. I've definitely been on like webinars or digital events where I see like, oh, oh, Joel's there. Like, let me like sneak in and say hi. Or, you know, you see people there, you kind of the B2B marketing community kind of run in the same circle. So yeah, there's that ability to like connect and be like, oh, what, you know, what do you think about what they just said? Or kind of having conversations around the event. I personally love that. And I don't think it's distracting. And I love, again, that ability to engage with folks during the event. I definitely agree with Misha on that point. Um, I'm not sure if we've ever done it, but I've definitely done it with other folks too at events. And like, whether it's being like, oh my gosh, that was so good, or being like a little snarky, um, because you need like all, you need the full commentary. You need all the commentary um, on it. But I think that it just makes it like more memorable for you. And like, there's someone else who you're engaging with. So you also are staying like more engaged in the content itself too. I think another like hack for your digital events too, just to again, like the on the theme of during the event, trying to connect people, trying to continue conversations, like obviously prompt people to use your chat. That's like digital event management one on one, but definitely like encourage people like, hey, do you want to connect? Keep the conversation going. Drop your LinkedIn. Yeah, love it. It's like such an easy thing to ask people to do. And then once somebody does, you'll get a flood of 100 people and then they're going and connecting with each other and, you know, hopefully commenting on each other's content and building those relationships, which is awesome. That is all, folks. We're going to pause right here and because this whole conversation with LinkedIn transitions really well into how to continue those relationships in that community after the event. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And just to connect on some of those pieces we've talked about today, you want to create 
little sub-communities within your event to encourage engagement and relationship building during the event. And this can happen in person super easily, but also digitally in the chat section, in hijacking other communities and building subgroups within those and connecting with them on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. So those are just a couple ways where you can build community during an event. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit that share button and share with a friend and like, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Go follow Misha and Joel. And next time we'll be sharing the third part of the third and final part of this series where we will talk about how to create community and a nurture experience after the event is over. All right. I love you. Go follow me on LinkedIn. Let's be friends and hang out. And did I not sound like Buddy the Elf like that? Like, I love you. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Smiling's my favorite.